Welcome to Sales Hiring Straight Talk, where sales leaders go for advice, tips, and resources to hire high-performing sales talent. If you find the hiring process challenging or have been disappointed when a hire couldn't sell, you're not alone. Make your sales hiring interviews rock with Sales Hiring Straight Talk. Here are your co-hosts, Jennifer Leak and Suzanne Paling. In previous podcasts, William Tincup shared missteps and omissions hiring sales leaders make when extending job offers to candidates. Today, he discusses the most inventive job offer he's ever seen and provides suggestions for taking yours to the next level, making it a great and remembered experience for candidates. Now, you've, I'm sure, seen a lot of job offers. Yes. Is there some, what, what are some that you have seen that you think are really good or what, and what made them good? What's advice on that? Um, one of the best, better ones that I, that I saw was a job offer where they really wanted, it was a graphic designer, a UI developer for Apple, and they really wanted this candidate. I mean, they, they looked through everything and this person was, was in London and, you know, didn't want to move to San Francisco and the whole bit. Well, part of the conversation that they had, they were talking about music. And one of the people asked, well, what's your favorite al- album? Or what's your, if you could only have one album, you're on an island, you know, what, what would that album be? And it was a Beatles white album. So the hiring manager goes out and buys a Beatles white album and they put the offer letter inside the album and they FedExed it to the candidate. And, you know, it was, it costs a lot of money, of course, because, you know, those don't come on trees. So they FedExed it to him. The guy opened it up and it was his favorite album and then opened it up. It was an offer letter and say, listen, this is take the job or don't. We've had a wonderful experience with you. We'd be honored to have you on our team. Um, we can talk all through all the details. You know, this is just, we want you and we want you desperately. And it's just boom, like that just, and he, got, and he ended up moving to San Francisco and working for Apple. So a wow factor yeah. should be in the job offer too. 100%. So this is a part of the discovery, the anthropology and archaeology of interviewing. You find out what they're into. You're into drone racing, you you like scotch, you drink, you smoke cigars, you're into gardening, like whatever the bit is, you find those little nuggets out as you're going through the process, just like you do with prospects. I mean, the, the best salespeople are always probing, like, what's your favorite book? Or what's your, what are you reading these days? You know, what, what's something you do with your, with your family, you know, in your off time? Like, what's something that's interesting? Great salespeople have a way of pulling that information out of prospects and customers. And then weaving it back in. But for whatever reason, we haven't translated that over to candidates. So the transferable skill of being able to listen and ask probative questions and find out like what they're into, and then weaving that back into the job offer and job, basically weave that back into the close. You know, if you're into gardening, I'm going to send you, and you're into English tea roses, I'm going to send you English tea roads uh, seeds. And, and that's going to be a part of the bit that I send you. Yeah, it's going to be an offer letter. It's going to be personal. It's going to be memorable. It's all this other stuff. But I'm going to show you that I listen, that I'm a good sales leader because through this process, I listen to you and I want to create something memorable, which is what we do for prospects. And I care about you as a person. I listened to what you had to say. 100%. 100%. You like wine. And again, there's nothing. nothing's off limits there. You like wine? Fantastic. You like cabs? Fantastic. You know what? I got a favorite cab that I like. Uh, you might not have had it before. I'm going to send that in the offer letter. Done. Like, I want to show you not only that I listened and that I care about you, I want to show you that I can make this a personal experience. And you're sending another message. 
that it's expected as a great salesperson to do this for prospects and customers. You've also shown them through your actions that this isn't just some piece of paper and some type of uh, you know DocuSign or Adobe PDF or some you know boring thing like that. It, this is personal. It's deeply personal. It is with prospects. It is with customers. Why isn't it with candidates? It's and it's only be you know for the reasons we've already talked about. It's possibly bad process, possibly not being engaged in that process, possibly being too busy. Doesn't matter. This is the most important outside of sales quotas numbers. Uh, this is the most important thing on your desk. You said that this is a selling situation. And I I think sales leaders do think of it as a selling situation, but too often I think they're selling the company and they're Mm -hmm. selling themselves. And so the shut up and listen is wise advice too, that you're selling, but you're in the sales mode of selling this candidate. It's it's almost like you don't treat them, uh, Jennifer, you don't treat them differently. Like think of a great prospect that you really, 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 really want to sell. And then there's a great salesperson that you really, really, really want to sell. It's the same process. That's good advice. And and one thing I didn't hear is you don't email the job offer. No. (laughs) Everything you've recommended or everything you suggested, that personalization doesn't happen through an email, right? Well, think of, I mean, how many prospects respond to an email? So, you know, again, sometimes you can build up enough rapport where you can do something through email or text or, or something like that. But I'd skip that. I'd go to how am I going to make this a great experience and something that they remember. And I've already squashed out all the, the no's. I know they're going to take the job. But now how can, I, how can I with, you know, exactly what you do with prospects? How can I take it to that next level so that they have a wonderful, in their mind, they won't ever not remember this experience. 20 years down the road, they'll remember Janet or John that did the bit uh, and sent them a paint can because they wanted to repaint their, you know, their birdhouse. Like, who doesn't remember that? And so, especially in a sea of people that think that email and texting is just the normalized and, and, and basically that's the baseline. Anything you do that's different than that, you've already set yourself apart. You're talking about personalizing the offer. You're talking about customizing the offer. You're talking about looking at it as, as your final close with the candidate. I think some things we all as sales leaders forget. Any final advice that you would offer sales leaders about job offers? You're going to laugh. And it's 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 right there. That we've, we haven't talked about it, but it's right there on the tips of all of our tongues is ask for feedback. When you're talking to candidates, every time you talk to a prospect, you have an opportunity to get better. You know, every every time you talk to a prospect, doesn't matter if it's a phone call, Zoom, in-person, dinner, whatever, you have an opportunity to ask the question, what could I do to make myself better in this process? I want to get better. And again, you can tell me anything. My breath is bad. I cursed. You know, I shouldn't have probably drank too much. Like Whatever it is, a negative, positive, whatever, tell me because I care to get better. With prospects, you do that to build trust. With candidates, you do that to build trust and also to get better. In every stage and in every interview, one of the questions I would ask, probably a closing question or one of the one of the ending questions is, is there anything in this experience that you've had with our company and with me in particular that you change? This is that moment where you can say, it's okay. Like if you didn't like the interaction that you had with the team, and you didn't like the team interview because you felt like it was a Goya painting and you were lined up against the wall about to get shot, well, then let's talk through that. And then I'm going to then fix that. You tell me, now that I know I'm listening, and I'll fix that 
not just for you, I'll fix that for the next person too. Because if you had that bad experience, chances are the next guy or guy is going to have the same bad experience. It's such a powerful question to ask of candidates because sales leaders don't get a lot of training as it is. And almost no one gets trained in how to hire. So it's one of the few ways that you can get better is through feedback through the candidates. I really like that. You ask. It's the, I can't remember the, the person that this quote comes from, but it's vulnerability is the first thing we ask of others and it's the last thing that we give. Mm. So if you think of it like that from a sales leadership perspective, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's, it's actually okay in that, in that process to say, I know that our, pro- our hiring process isn't perfect. I'm not a fool and I know that we can make it better. What I need you to do is just tell me, give me a tip. Give me something that we could do better. Get back to you sooner. Let you know where you're in the process. Text you. Like, what is it? Everything's on. It's again, it's just us not being recorded. You can be as candid as you want. Has nothing to do with the job. You're investing in us and making us better by giving us feedback. Absolutely. And just one last thought that popped into my head, um, Mm -hmm. because you were giving examples before of under 30, under 40. So all that we're talking about today, it doesn't matter the age. Yeah, agreed. Right. 100%. Under uh, the only th- the only difference is uh, as I studied millennials and uh, in Gen Z is the attention span. So the attention span, the average attention span for millennials is eight seconds, and for Gen Z, it's four seconds. So we lost four seconds over a generation of attention span, which it doesn't come as any shock to anybody, right? Getting there faster uh, is probably something that we need to think about. Um, and so the 3,200 word job description, yeah, we should probably rethink that. The two hour phone call, interview uh, phone call with the group, maybe we should rethink that. So rethinking that, that's about the only thing generationally that I can think of. And and again, the what's next is a question that people under 40 would ask that I wouldn't have asked. But outside of that, you're, you're right. Being memorable is being memorable. Listening is listening. Asking for feedback is asking for feedback. And getting a job, a wow job offer in the mail might be the only mail other than a bill they get, right? That's right. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly right. And, shock and, value. It is there is a shock value. There's and and you know what? It's if we we apply all of the things that make us a successful salesperson and sales leader, we apply it to hiring. Absolutely. William, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. This has been great. And I know our listeners will be able to get so many pearls of wisdom from you. Well, fantastic. This has been awesome. We're here to be a resource for you. Visit saleshiringstraighttalk.com to listen to more episodes in the growing podcast library. Sales Hiring Straight Talk, so your sales hiring interviews rock.